Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your friend and facilitator, Vileen Shah, welcoming you on October the 13th, 2022, at I Love Braille Session, sponsored by East Bay Center for the Blind and strongly supported by American Council of the Blind. We have a good team of ACB, American Council of the Blind here. Uh, we have a streamer, we have a clubhouse operator, we have a host. Our host is Nancy Nifty, right? Nifty. Yeah. Nancy, and uh, clubhouse yeah. operator is Diane. And uh, our streamer is Herbie as usual. So our friend Abraham is going to participate. Well, friends, uh, what is this clubhouse thing? Uh, our friend Diane will explain to you. But before she does, I would like to just mention that actually on the first Thursday of September last month, we completed one year. I started this program on September the 9th. 2021 and i wish i had been here but i wasn't so i would like to uh, just uh, share this feelings with you that we feel proud of having this session and we are uh, so blessed to have so many participants and participants are actively participating which is so important and that is something we are going to do today in our session called i have a question how this session works, how this uh, feature works, I will tell you later. But let Diane first explain how the clubhouse, which is a new feature for us, how the clubhouse operates. And she's going to manage the clubhouse. Over to Diane. Okay. Thank you, uh, Valine. Welcome. Yeah. Um, well, clubhouse is, is basically a social media platform. Mm. And um, anyone, you know, anyone can, uh, people can be invited to join or they can just um, join. And um, so in order to, in order to, if you're, if you're in the room here, um, if you have a question, you need to hit the, oh my goodness, request to speak button. You double tap the request to speak button on your phone and um, I will see that and I will bring you up on stage from the audience and then uh, once you're up on stage then you can um, unmute when you're called on to ask your question. I don't know is there anything else that I need to uh, that I need to mention? Uh, and, and, I will just invite questions about what you said before we start actual session. I have a question. So anybody okay. who has a question about this clubhouse, uh, Diane is here to uh, answer your question. So please raise your hand. And then when your name is announced, please ask your question only about this clubhouse, which is a social platform. Okay. Area code six zero eight. Okay, let's see if anyone that has their hand. That should be Randa. 
608. Okay, no, no one has their hands raised, but I think a lot of the people that would be coming in here, you know, probably pretty much know, you know, they know how to get in and they, and they, they, um, I think they, most people know how to hit the um, request to speak button as well. This is Rhonda. I don't have a request to speak button. Uh, well, you're in Clubhouse um, when you're be. not in Zoom. She, she's you're, on the phone. Does that You're matter? on the phone in Zoom. You're not in Clubhouse on, so that's why you're, you're fine. So, so if you're on the phone, you can't be in the Clubhouse? Uh, you have to have a phone number to have a, cl a Clubhouse account. But yeah, you have to have a smartphone or a computer. You can't have a regular. It doesn't so work. Does with that a mean the people who have a phone can't come to these meetings anymore? No, you no, just raise you, your no, hand. No, you're at the you meeting. Raise your, you you're at the meeting. You're in Zoom, so you're fine. You can come to the meeting. So if you have a question, you, and, if you have a question, you'd hit the um, star nine to raise your hand. As usual. Okay, I just, did that. I just was did hearing. That. I just was hearing that it was requiring something that I didn't have. So over. Goodbye. No, okay. No, thank you. Yeah, no, you're fine. No. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. You're you're uh, just come to the call like you always have in Zoom, and uh, you'll you'll always be on this the Zoom call. It says that they're doing it two different ways, but yeah, you're fine. And we had no hands in Clubhouse. No, I think Beth has a hand up. Uh, well, right? and, and this is Jane hopping in for just a minute uh -huh. because because you wonderfully all of you were wanting to be helpful to her. It may have been confusing. So if you would, will one of you please. And maybe you've done this. I just came into the call a minute ago. But will you review if you're on Zoom and you're doing it by phone? hear the protocols if you're not on the phone but you're still in zoom those protocols might be useful and helpful as you go forward okay thank you and i think beth has a question is that right beth yeah yeah yes. um welcome now where were yeah. you so far beth huh welcome you know we missed oh, you oh so thank many... you yeah, yeah okay yes yeah i i was um like now when they say um yeah, join in Clubhouse, like, then I would have the request to speak, and so it would be like, uh, I would go under more, uh, like, like I do in Zoom more, but it won't be raise hand, it will be re um, request to speak, right? Uh, well, there's, the, there's not a more button, it's just in the lower right corner of your screen. Sorry, I was going to, sorry, Diane. Oh, ahead, sorry, Nancy. sorry, my phone so, was not uh, being Diane, quiet. So. <laughs> Diane, if somebody is on computer, he or she doesn't have to do anything extra to be part of the clubhouse. Am I right? Yeah, I'm on the iPhone, so I have Zoom. But oh, you okay? If I um, yeah, if I ever want to join uh, via clubhouse instead of Zoom, then then I I push request to speak. I don't like. Don't push more, like there's no more button like there is in Zoom, right? Yes, that's right. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you, Sounds Beth. Good. I think Abraham has <laughs> something to say. Um, I thought I'd just say that Clubhouse is just an app that you can get 
for your phone or computer that provides an additional way to join these calls. So if you're joining as normal, you're fine. Um, Clubhouse is just an additional way to join. Correct. Okay. So with having a Clubhouse, we are not changing any format of this meeting and uh, you're all fine, whether you are on the phone, iPhone, computer, Mac, any form. Right, Abraham? Right, Diane? Yeah. Uh, Club Clubhouse yeah. on a computer does require um, software, but, you know, that's a discussion for a later time, I think. Uh, but for, in order to be part of this uh, ILO Braille session, they don't have to do anything extra, right? Just to participate? Is that no. true? They don't have to. Okay. All right. So it looks... Okay. All right. So it looks nobody else has any question about Clubhouse. So we can now switch over to our regular session. Uh, I may remind you all that I have a question session works like this. You may raise your hands and we'll take the first person who raises hand and his or her question. Then all others may have to lower their hands because that will be the question on the floor we will discuss. And after that, we will ask you to raise your hands if you know the answer. Once that one question has been fully discussed, then we will again ask you to raise your hand for the questions. And we will take one question, and then you can lower your hands. And then again, we will ask you to raise your hands if you have answer to this question. And once that question is fully discussed, then we will go to the next question. If there are many questions, and if we cannot entertain all of you, please bear with us. We have one session every month that you can participate and you can bring your questions. If you have some immediate uh, need for the question you have and you, we could not include you, you can email me at shah which is S-H-A-H, -H, at East Base Center for the Blind dot org, O-R-G. Okay? All right. So let's begin. Uh, please raise your hands with the questions you have. And let's see who raises first. It looks area code 573, which should be Rick. Is yeah, maybe right? I was a split second too late on the on the other thing. Um, no, it's fine. It's fine. I don't but... quite understand what this uh, clubhouse is and what the point of it is. Oh, okay. You still have a question about clubhouse. Okay, go ahead. So, Diane, could you answer, or Rick, you can elaborate what you did not understand and what you understood. Well, okay, we, we can get into these sessions like this on phone or um, PC or Mac and what have you. I'm uh, just wondering what, what is the purpose of this clubhouse thing? How is it different from the other ways of getting in and all that? Wow, that's a good it's, point. What is the purpose? Yeah, Diane. Well, it, it, it's a social media uh, platform like Zoom, and it's actually quite a bit similar to Zoom. So basically, we're just using it to reach more people so that um, people who um, don't have Zoom 
you know, maybe can can come in and listen to these calls through Clubhouse instead. I just never heard of it. In, Mm-hmm. Okay. It's um, it's quite new, and um, I I know that um, like next Wednesday in the community, um, Herbie's going to be pre- presenting a a program on Clubhouse, so oh, know, okay. anyone who wants yeah. to learn about it might want to you know might want to look for that announcement. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, I'm also now getting a little more, and uh, Rick, of course, is to your platform, but I'll just add here. So Clubhouse is uh, something or almost similar to Zoom. You don't need to use Zoom, but you can use Clubhouse. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So then because we have been using Zoom, but we are here in Clubhouse today, how did that happen, Diane? Well, I can't. I you can't, can't answer the, that. Okay, uh, technology of it, but it, you know, there. Um, some of our folks have equipment that will connect the two, either a mixer or you can do it, you know, through through uh, computer software. So both, uh, both media are are connected together, so we can hear each other and speak to each other. Okay, so let's see if Herbie has any answer. Is Herbie still with us? Yeah, streaming Herbie. Herbie, could you tell us more about Clubhouse? Because it's something new for all people here. Or you're not allowed to, I think. Yeah, he he's also, um, he's, I think Chanel was the one that connected us okay again a clubhouse is not a social media social platform social media rather like a facebook or you know those are the ones that we know them as social media uh what is that other one uh facebook and these are uh, conferencing like conferencing maybe this is jody i think i can answer the question Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Clubhouse is another form of Zoom. That's in brief. Okay. All right. So we think we have next person, Jody. Jody, you have a question? I was going to answer the question about Clubhouse. Uh, It it is very similar to Zoom in that it's a group chat uh, format. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that I really love about Clubhouse is that it's Mm -hmm. international. And so you can go into a room and there literally can people there from all over the world and you can go into different places all over the world too. And that's what I really mm-hmm. enjoy about it. Okay. So I can go to your place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I can come to your place too. Why not? It, Welcome. It, it's very, it's very wonderful. You know, I, I'm in a guide dog group and there's actually a Japanese guide dog group that meets on Saturday yeah. mornings. Uh-huh. which is very exciting and you know you can talk to people in australia and india and all over the world it's mm-hmm. really it's really mm-hmm. wonderful you can do that on zoom too but it's more it's easier to join uh groups there because you look down the list they, they have a hallway you look down the list of all of the rooms in the hallway and you can just pop into you know different discussion groups for different things you can also search and uh join different clubs and 
of, of your special interests. And so it's, it's just, it's wonderful. It really is. Yeah, it sounds great. Uh, so clubhouse is like a meeting place uh, normally we have in a condominium building or things like that, you know, something like, so where you can meet yeah, people. Yeah, but it's all over and, the world. Yeah, all over the world you can meet people. The whole world is a clubhouse. Yes. <laughs> meeting place. Terrific. Yeah. All right, we are getting more light on clubhouse now. Okay, the next person is Jane. Yes, and yes. my only question is, I heard that Clubhouse is an app, and so you have to uh, pay monthly for this. Um, who knows? No. no, no, it's free. No, okay. it's free. Okay, oh. got it. All right, that's great. Okay, no charge. Yes. Okay. Okay, now we have Scott Edward. Well, I was just going to say Zoom is international as well. I mean, there are people, yeah, 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 yeah. people join meetings from all over the world. Anybody oh, yeah. anywhere in the world can join this meeting or any other. It's not, Zoom is also international. I think, I think where the confusion has arisen is that most of the, this morning is <clears throat> a lot of people have not heard of Clubhouse. And so this is kind of presenting to them a little extra little fly in the ointment confusion that they don't they don't really understand what's happening what's really what's happening with a lot of these community calls nowadays is they are combining zoom and clubhouse in the same call to, you know bringing them together so you're going to hear people from both platforms no matter which platform you're using okay. and so um and therefore you're going to have Things like, okay, does there anyone from, does anyone in Zoom have a question? Does anyone in Clubhouse have a question? Things like that. And, you, and if everything is set up properly, you'll hear both. So that's, that's what I mm -hmm. just oh. wanted to clear, try to clarify that. Yeah, definitely. Zoom is also international. But I think you have to pay something to have Zoom, uh, you, to use Zoom for your meeting. I'm not sure. Yes. Yeah. Whereas uh, Clubhouse is free, like NVDA yeah, is free, but you have to pay for jobs, those who are using. Okay, so it looks uh, we have enough discussion on the Clubhouse, and uh, you can still email your questions, shah at eastwaycenterfortheblind.org. I will forward them to Diane, and you will get more answers if need be. Now, let's begin with the questions related to Braille. And please raise your hand if you have any question related to Braille. Okay, there's no raised hands in Clubhouse. Okay, Diane, you want to uh, take charge of this? I've been calling uh, people who have questions. Yeah, okay, go just, ahead. yeah there, there are no questions. Uh, there are no raised hands in Clubhouse at this moment. No, so, so then there is some, so some, you can go uh, back to Zoom. some different, I'm sorry, I didn't want to take it, but uh, Linda has a question and she has raised her hand. So Linda. Thank you, Helene. Garski. Yes, Welcome. perfect. Thank and I'm you glad your much. internet is helping you. Oh, yeah. So I got that all fixed. Fine. Okay. So that's, that's very, very good. My question is about 
erasing things in Braille. And the question really is, after I have erased something, and suppose the weather gets muggy, so paper absorbs moisture just a little bit, but will that give it an echo of the dot that I erased? Or if I've erased it, will it stay gone over time? Okay, so the whole question is about erasing the dots. All right, good question. Now, those who have the answer, and I'm pretty sure many of you have answers because you have been erasing. Uh, I, I think people say I'm good in Braille, but even then I have to erase sometimes. So, uh, yes, please raise your hand for the answers. And our friend Rick is here, 573 area code. Okay, how do you erase? Hi there. Yeah, well, there are include everything that Linda asked. Go ahead, please. Yeah, there are uh, a couple of approaches. If it's a if it's a big whoops, you know, more than just a couple of dots, uh, you're probably best off to if it, if it's not something that's got to be just really perfect, uh, like a personal letter, you can just uh, use some full cells to blot it out to, to the at least two, so you don't use the word four, but just uh, crunch, 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 well, to, enough to cover the word or the area that's a problem. Um, more often than not, though, you're just uh, erasing one or two dots. And I have always, oh, we have these little uh, wooden, I guess they come in plastic too, Braille erasers. They kind of look like bowling pins, but they come to a point and the idea is to press down on the paper where the where the bad dot is. Uh, I have not found them all that helpful. In theory, they're great, um, but however you erase, uh, a critical point is to have something hard underneath the paper, or <laughs> your finger, yes. or the eraser is going to go right through. <laughs> but yes. So, yeah, you need to have it on a table or else if you leave it in the machine, which is what I usually do, just make sure the printhead is below is still below the paper. So you have a, something hard for the you know, underneath the paper. My and, question is specifically yeah. about the behavior of the paper after you have successfully erased uh, a dot not okay. how to erase a dot it's okay. what happens to the paper no that's okay because other people might not do much erasing but i sure do oh uh, <laughs> unless you're god you probably will well uh, yeah but but what happens to the paper does it absorb mo enough moisture to raise that dot so it can be perceived not that again? i know but yeah. i'm no expert on that so hmm. maybe somebody else can give you a better answer okay Thank you. Yeah, let's see. I'm pretty sure many other people are erasing. But nobody has raised hands. So please raise your hand and share your experience with erasing and how you feel after you erase dots and then when you write on that uh, paper, how it works. Feel free to share. <clears throat> yeah, here's Beth. Yes, Beth. Yeah, sometimes, um, yeah, the paper, yeah, I did poke, mm -hmm. poke a hole in it, but but um, 
when I erase with the fat part, the other end, um, it seems to erase better. And then when I put the Braille, um, I mean, uh, put the, the correct mistake, it, um, it's, it behaves better. It, it's like you can read it versus the other way. And then, yeah, my teacher used to put, or the aide or whatever used to, before I started learning to type, she used to put it prints and she was like, you erased it. I can't read it. You know, so, so it seems like the point does, does that. And then you end up erasing something else. So that's um, kind of, you know, the, the paper is fine. It's just the Braille dots. So that's what I have for that one. That's when it, what happens with, with me. Otherwise I just block it out with the full cell, like Rick said. <coughs> so. Uh-huh. Okay, let's see. We have a new participant here. It seems Circu uh, has some answer about erasing dots. Oh, no. Um, sorry, uh, I just came in. Uh, I have a question rather than answer. But Okay, I see. Okay, so here's how it works. Uh, uh, let me first understand your name. Did I say it right? Circu, yes. Circu or Circu? No, Circu. I'm from Finland. Circu, okay. Yes. And yeah. are, are you in some other country now or you're in the United States? I'm in Finland. Finland, wow. Yeah. yeah. Welcome. Oh, it's the first you. time. How did you hear about this uh, program? Well, I'm, uh, I participate in um, SEB community calls, so that's how I found you. <laughs> wow. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. We also have another person here from Macedonia which is not too far from you, I think, at least for us, um, it's in yeah. Europe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay. So here's how it works. Uh, I hope you have, uh, uh, you are okay understanding us, you know, because I know that English spoken there in other countries is a little different. Sure. Okay. You're able to understand everything oh, so yeah. far? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Now, uh, we take one question. Circle, mm -hmm. and uh, we ask people to answer because All this right. is kind of what we call interactive session, which means right. people interact with each other. Right. One mm -hmm. person has a question. Everybody who has the answer raises hand. And then yeah. when that question is done, then okay. we invite next question. So that oh, time I'll we'll wait. take your question, okay? Uh, you you uh, are next for the question. Oh, let's you. complete the discussion sure. on the question okay, that I'll we wait. have on the floor. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Okay. Perfect sense. Right. Yeah. Thank Perfect. You. And you're you're good. We will ask. Yeah. We'll take your question uh, you. if time allows. Thank you. Okay. So let's see. Yes, Abraham. Okay. You don't um, use Braille. How do? You, why do you erase? Okay, I'm kidding. <laughs> I do use it sometimes. <laughs> anyway, um, I know. I uh, yes. I found that if I use the Braille eraser. Sometimes those dots will reappear. Um, I'm not sure if that's because of moisture or anything. Um, I'm not sure what your uh, question was referring to with regards to moisture when erasing. This Linda, it's, why don't it, you specify? Go ahead. It's it's specifically about the behavior of the paper. 
Will the dot reappear even though I have successfully uh, erased it and gotten it flat? Because I have found that for me, sometimes those dots do come back. Okay. Um, so, yeah. so it's, I'm, not, I'm not doing a bad job erasing it. It is the behavior that's making that happen. And yeah, I was um, especially that. if I use the Braille eraser, you know, that pencil thing. Yeah, I know. What you, yeah. I, it, it comes back for me. Um, mm -hmm. For me, just a nail <laughs> seems to be the mm -hmm. piece scratching yeah. it out. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, that's probably not recommended. Well, it's, it's not the official way of doing it, but it's yeah. very effective because I definitely do that too. Okay, okay. that's... That that's that's pretty much my question because I know uh, I used to work I used to work for a paper company so I get I get uh, paper. And, but hold on, Linda, I, I'm yeah. going to analyze and answer this question, but I'm okay. trying to get the answers from participants first. Okay. All right. So that probably probably it may help you a little better. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay. Now let's see who else has any answer about erasing dots. And then getting some dot back or any problem or any any experience that you have. Here we go. Alice Massa, is it? Four one four eight record. Yes, thank Another you. Another experienced person. Alice, welcome. I have raced yeah. Braille dots in four different states of the Midwest that have been <laughs> varying okay. degrees of humidity, but mm -hmm. certainly not dry climates. Only for a while did I live in Colorado, a very dry climate. I never noticed any difference in any dots that I erased. But uh, stemming from what or adding to what Rick said, whenever <clears throat> I'm trying to erase a dot on the Perkins, I always roll the paper up one roll by the means of the rollers on the sides, usually not by the paper advance for this purpose, and so that I have the hard surface of the platen behind the dot that I'm erasing. I have the wooden type of eraser that Rick referred to. I also have one that's Teflon that I bought many years ago, as well as the wooden one, because those tend to last forever. And um, But what I most often use is my fingernail, and I find that is the most effective. Now, with washing our hands so frequently during this COVID era, I don't have fingernails the way I used to, but I still try to use my fingernail to erase a single dot. And if I do erase it with the platen against the surface, I don't ever recall a dot reappearing. Now, can I feel the erasure? Yes. I think any of us who do have good tactile sense are most often going to feel. So when I go back, if I'm erasing, for example, if I've braille dots one, two, four, five, and I only need dots one, two, four, and I erase that dot five with my fingernail, then I roll the paper back down. Instead of uh, going on, I might re-braille the dots that I want, one, two, mm -hmm. four, to make that uh, stronger so that if I've just barely touched one of those other dots, I am going to have those 
firmly there to lessen the amount that I'm going to feel that erased dot five. And so, you know, it's not perfect. It's not the quality that one would submit to a a course if one were taking a Braille transcribing course. One cannot do that, I don't think. But for our own reading purposes, it should come out well enough. And I don't think, I don't ever recall the dot ever reappearing. And I use most of the Braille paper I've ordered is the transcribing weight paper from American Printing House. It may depend on the type and weight of paper that you're using. And you said you used to work for a paper company, so you probably Mm -hmm. understand that very well. But um, I don't ever remember, and I mean, at times in southern Indiana, it's, you know, fairly humid, and I never remember that happening. But it's an interesting question, and so good of you to notice something uh, like that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Alice. And I think Rick has something more to say. Rick? Yeah, I yeah. completely agree with Alice. About, uh, I, I use my fingernail, too, because I can feel with a finger. I can't feel with an eraser. So I, I have much better luck with that as well. Uh, one tip that I was given in that regard is in, uh, to punch straight down on the dot and uh, several times and then finally when it's almost gone you can scrub a little bit but the temptation is to scrub at it and uh, I'd say hold, hold that to a minimum because you're less likely to do collateral damage and uh, it, it doesn't leave that um, scratched feeling on the paper as much but as Alice said you're always going to be able to, to feel that little bit of roughness or uh, tactile static, if you will. Um, I have never noticed a dot reappearing, but uh, I haven't really done any tests on that. And living in Missouri, it's a, oh, it's a fairly it's humid nice. place, especially in the summer. Yeah. Um, one other comment: uh, the thing about raising, you know, clicking the the roller down one to to line the thing up on the platen. Um, that's a good hard surface. The, the only caveat I'd have on that is I've noticed that with the Perkins brailer, you get down to about the, I don't know, 19th or 20th click from the top and you hear a little clunk and the paper goes down a little bit more than one line. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you roll it back up to get back to where you were, guess what? Mm-hmm. You're a little bit out of, off the line. So this is this is why I use the the printhead, even though it may not be quite as rigid as the platen. It's it's good enough, and you don't risk that extra clunk and getting offline. So that that's really about all I have. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Rick. Okay. All right. So let me also give my experience and my views on this. Uh, it seems nobody else has raised hand. Let me double check. Beth is has Beth has her hand. Yeah, Beth probably. Um, yeah. yeah. Also, yes, what Beth. I was gonna gonna yeah. say is like um, when I erase and I put the new dot, sometimes 
sometimes it feels like even the new dots kind of like don't get on the paper quite as plain. Maybe, you know, sometimes I don't maybe don't erase good enough or, you know, maybe my nail isn't quite as long or something like that. Cause that's what I noticed too. The dots don't come. It's like the new dots are, are erased. So that's what I have to say about that. So, okay. All right. Thank you, Beth. Okay. So Linda. Yes. Uh, when you write Braille on a paper, mm -hmm. you are already punishing the paper because you're poking. Correct? Mm -hmm. You're making yeah. dots. Mm -hmm. And then when you erase, which means you rub the dot, uh, mm -hmm. that means you are hurting the paper once again. And mm -hmm. then when you write Braille again, so obviously the result is not as good. So normally when you erase and then write over it, you don't get excellent Braille. But for personal notes, it's fine. Okay. How now uh, there is something called eraser, which is sort of a wooden or plastic piece with a little point at the end, which you can use to erase dots. And my experience with that, like Rick, is not that good. I would I would never use it. I don't <laughs> think it's it's a good tool to erase dots. Uh, you can also use your stylus, the point of the stylus that makes dots. You can place the paper on a hard surface, of course. That's the first condition, precondition to erase dots, that your paper should be on a hard surface, may it be a desk or uh, anything else. And then, uh, you know, go to the dot that you don't want and uh, uh, put your uh, you know, stylus pointed, point of the stylus and like uh, move around and try to erase it, that works. Um, however, the best, in my experience, and I think other people also said that, the best way is to use your nail and make sure that the dot has really been gone down to the surface level of the paper. This is so much about erasing, about humidity, I'm not sure, but I, I believe, I never thought of this, I believe that humidity does affect, because humidity does affect anyway when you do Braille. You know, when it's a humid uh, atmosphere, uh, the papers are kind of softer than usual. Mm -hmm. So obviously, when you erase and do the Braille again, uh, that softness uh, makes a difference. Uh, uh, sometimes, because of humidity, it's easier to erase dots because the paper is softer than usual. But at the same time, when you do Braille again, you know, sometimes the erased dots can appear a little bit. Now, if your fingers are so sensitive, you can see that the dots have been erased but at the same time, you know that these dots are not actual dots. They have been just pushed down, erased, and you want to ignore that. For all personal notes, it's all fine. For official transcription, like textbook and all, no, mm. you don't want to have those dots down that you feel, which means 
you, you, you want to avoid erasing. But that's a different story now, because nowadays we don't produce books handwritten. So it's out of question now, because all, all published materials, official transcriptions are like magazines, periodicals, textbooks are done on uh, using the uh, what we call embossing technology, braille embossers. So this, this, that discussion is now out of question. And for personal use, yes, yeah, you can uh, have some erased dots and you may feel sometimes, sometimes not. Particularly when your braille symbol consists of four or five dots and you if you have to erase it entirely, it's not much advisable. It, it, mm -hmm. won't be, it won't be done so well because you're trying to push down as many as four or five dots in one symbol. And then when you want to write something on it, it may not show up so well. And another thing, suppose you made an error and that covers three or four symbols uh, which you want to erase, then actually you don't want to erase. The best thing is to use full cell, what we call blackout, mm -hmm. you know, three or four full cells uh, so that you know that this is not something to be read. So instead of erasing, you want to choose a blackout option when there are three or four or more symbols to be erased. And in my personal experience, I have even erased the entire line hmm. by rubbing. <laughs> by, by rubbing the back portion of my stylus that I used to use uh, a round shape top uh, and that round shape was so helpful to <laughs> erase the entire line but of course when you write braille on that you feel that this is not a clean line you know it, it's something mm -hmm. you have erased and done but it's readable so this is so much about my own experience about that. Any question further on that? Linda? No. Thank right. you very much, Feline, and thank you, everybody, for your answers and your help. And actually, when Elise speaks, I feel like resigning. Because she, she's so analytical. She gives a real good uh, detailed answer that I think I don't need. I, I'm not needed. But that, that's the good thing, Elise. We need you. And we need Rick. Yes. Okay, so let's go to now, Circo. Thank you. Well, first I had an answer because you said you press against a heart. Um, 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 but um, part of the Perkins Braille, when you erase that Braille, I don't. I, I carefully use the stylus or my fingernail to press it against like so, like a uh, with no um, uh, background on it, and I, but I, of course, you have to do it carefully so you don't break the paper. But the dots won't come back. Okay, so that's your that's answer my... <laughs> about erasing, correct? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's okay. that's you said that's that how you I also, do. You also have a question related to Braille. I do. I, Go ahead. It's, it's your turn now. Yes. So, um, I am hooked with. Uh, a knitting project where I knit braille in my knittings in the scarves and and the headbands and dishcloths that I do. So I was wondering 
do you uh, in the United States and in that, like in, in the on the global level too? Uh, do you use contractions or do you use un uncontracted braille in in those cases where you need something like two words, something nice like uh, like I do on my on my headbands, like uh, one step at a time or something. <laughs> mm -hmm, so mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. that's what I do. And um, mm -hmm. so do you yeah. use all Let's capital see. letters or yeah. do you just capitalize the first letter? Right. Thank you. So how, in, in other words, how you write in Braille uh, the steps for knitting? Um, correct? I, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I was just wondering if, yeah. If you usually use like braille on brailled labels or prints, mm -hmm. do mm -hmm. you use contractions or don't? Okay, okay. Thank so you. let's see. Uh, we have about 22 participants uh, <laughs> circle. And uh, interestingly, we have participants in other countries. Yeah. Uh, one of uh, them you heard, Abraham. Abraham mm -hmm. is in South Africa. Yeah. We have Divya Bijur, who is now in India. We have Adriana, who is in Macedonia, and I don't know if anybody else is there from other country. Yeah. Okay. And my name is Vileen, V as in Victor, I-L-E-E-N. I am the facilitator. Yeah. I'm originally from India, but I'm an American citizen, and I live yeah. in California, United States. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So let's see who has the answer about knitting. I may tell you, <laughs> I am a golden zero in knitting. <laughs> I love knitting. <laughs> okay. Now, it seems Jill, uh, when I asked Circo her question, uh, I saw your name. So you were probably answering the previous question or you um, have answered to both. You go I have ahead. another question. Uh, oh, different no. question, but no. I do have a comment on. Yes. Um, we will I, take your comments first, okay? Sure. Go I'm ahead. not exactly sure about, you know, whether you would knit in contracted and uncontracted, but mm -hmm. I would guess that it's up to who's ever creating the piece that um, it's just how they prefer to do it, because I see it more as like an artistic expression yes. so mm -hmm. rather than being like a set rule however uh, i'm not exactly familiar with um like in knitting circles there may be certain standards or rules but um i would just guess that it's who's ever creating it can do it how they want to design it so that's mm -hmm. my two cents on that, the knitting part. <laughs> but but okay. um, I'll, I have another question when it's up on yeah. the floor. When, when okay. you take, you will be next. But okay. I'm not sure we will have time. But uh, if we have time, your question will be entertained. Okay? Okay. Thanks, Pauline. Okay. So now let's see. Jordy. Yes. Welcome. Uh, Yes. Uh, yes. I, I'd say welcome to, to the call. Uh, I would say to do whatever you feel most comfortable doing, you know, uh, you know what's there and uh, sighted people will see it and they won't know whether it's contracted or not. And so I would just express whatever you want, however you want to do it. I, 
I have made a couple of ball caps and I've written in touch with Braille or in touch with knowledge, which of course only takes seven uh, symbols. So, you know, you don't have that much space on a hat. So that's something uh, that you might consider. If you don't have much space, you could use contracted. But I would just express express what you want the way you want it. And, and that would that would work just great. And the other comment I was going to make about Zoom and Clubhouse is the way that you're invited, you know, uh, Zoom is international, obviously, but you usually have to get the information in advance from another source in order to know where to go for your Zoom call. Or on Clubhouse, you just go into the hallway and you can see all the things that are there. So there's a difference in the way you're invited. But uh, but as far as the Braille goes, you know, you're you're the artist, and I did, I just express it however you like. Okay. So as far as knitting is concerned, basically, Jody, you are saying that you can use contractions or you need not. Yes. It's your choice. It's your choice. There is yes. no no particular guideline or no official policy for uh, writing the knitting steps in Braille. It's your That's convenience. Right. Whatever you find convenient, it's your choice. Yes. Okay. Let's see. Linda has some answer. Linda? Yes, I think you should consider your audience. And Jody touched on that briefly because mm -hmm. if it's somebody who really doesn't know Braille, then contracted Braille would totally confuse them. But if they know the alphabet, they could read the alphabet and then they could figure out what you have there. So again, it is dealer's choice. The, the artist gets to do what they want to do, but you really ought to consider your audience too. Correct. So if you're writing the needing steps for others, then you need to consider what, how the level of Braille they know and what will be more convenient for them to read. But if you're writing for your own purpose, your, your own, for, for your own uh, need, then it's up to you whether you to use to contraction or don't use contractions. That's right, Linda. Okay, yes. let's see. Yes. <laughs> if um, if anyone has questions in Clubhouse, please um, double tap the um, request to speak button, and we will uh, bring you on stage to ask your question. Thank you. Okay, we have Elizabeth to answer the uh, question. Hey there. Hi. Well, it's a sort of um, it's an add-on. There are a lot of books, a lot of resources mm -hmm. um, for knitting instructions, several of which are on Bard, and you basically put knitting into the search box in Bard, and you'll get a bunch of Braille stuff. I don't okay. know if there's any audio. Um, there is there are several Braille books on knitting um, mm -hmm. on Bard, and there's also a lot of a, a lot of Braille on um, Bookshare um, uh, in about knitting. Now the book the way stuff is presented in Bookshare, they if you request that you get grade. Uh, contracted braille then that's how your file will be if you ask for uncontracted braille in your preferences in your preferences then you could download a file in uncontracted braille which is great if you're learning braille um, you don't have that option in nls but you do have it in in bookshare so that's good now there may be some variability in bookshare on how they present things just like there are in cookbooks and stuff so 
be aware of that. It's not as consistent as the material coming out of BARD. Um, and also National Braille Press used to have, and probably still does, have um, several books on various aspects of knitting. So hopefully that helps. Yeah, this, this is Jody. She wasn't asking about the format of reading the instructions. It was what I, people, I get that. I do get what that. People actually knit. And she's also in Finland, so she wouldn't have access to Bard. Well, she would have access to Bookshare. So maybe get that it. will help her because they have socks patterns and mitten patterns and sweater well, it wasn't patterns. The pattern. it wasn't I understand. The pattern. No, I understand that. I understand that. But I just want people to be aware that those resources are really oh, yeah. legion yes. on Bookshare. There's a lot of them. Yes. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. And two things I would like to add here. One, all the resources you mentioned are so useful for our participants in the United States. Most of us are here in the United States. Uh, the person who asked the question is in Finland. And uh, as you said, you're right. She can still use Bookshare. I think there is some fee to be paid, uh, annual fee of, it used to be $50. And uh, there are certain organizations or uh, not for profit, you know, charitable organizations are uh, exempt from paying the fees for Bookshare. So you may want to go to bookshare.org and find out uh, Circo uh, if they charge you. But if you join Bookshare, you will have access to the whole big world of books and that you can download and uh, either you can produce in braille or read uh, on the, your computer. There are multiple ways you can use it. Okay, so uh, Bookshare is probably something that may help you. And of course, your basic question was how to write the steps in contracted braille or uncontracted braille. And the answer that everybody gave you is that it is your choice. However, if you are writing for others, then you need to know that whether they know the contracted Braille or not. Accordingly, you can write. Uh, and of course, uh, you also wanted to know about the labels. I think when you make labels, it's mostly for your own use. And when it is for your, your own use, there are no rules. You do it as you like. So you use contractions if you are comfortable with that. You don't use contractions. It's all your choice. All right. Circo, did you hear I, everything? Uh, yeah, but my yeah. My, my question yeah. was basically yeah. like I am I know how to type Braille. I know I've used Braille since I was a child. Sure. And I know how to knit them. I just wanted to like your opinion if if I should use contractions or not. And I got that answer and I like uh, the way uh, Linda pointed it mm -hmm. out, like saying to think about the audience because I, I particularly want to knit for sighted people or those who don't know yet braille I want to make. So I better not use contractions in that case. So. That's how I I'm, I just got confirmation now for what I how I okay. do it. So, yeah. Okay. Thank so you. You got your answer, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm happy. <laughs> and uh, yes, do join us every Thursday. What time is it in Finland now? Uh, let me see. It's almost eight o'clock in the evening. 
eight o'clock in the evening yep. all right so mm -hmm. we have different people like uh, we have abraham in south africa and it's almost the same time there what time is that uh, abraham it's nearly seven yeah okay <laughs> okay interesting mm -hmm. all right and uh, it's uh, going to be 10 in the morning here in california united mm -hmm. states yeah okay so we probably thank you for your answers Thank you. Now we have three more minutes. So we will take the question, but we will keep it for the discussion for the next month. So let's see who somebody had the question. I forgot the name. Rick. Okay, Rick, you have a, I think you have some comment. Go ahead. Well, just just my two cents worth. Uh, my talented half crochets, which is not quite the same thing, but it, but it uh -huh. involves a lot of the same questions. Um, what I usually have seen in her braille patterns is they just capitalize, just like a sentence, you just capitalize the, the first word uh, or, or abbreviation of the sentence, unless it's a number, in which case you don't have to, of course, and end it with a period. And just like uh, the, the other thing, as far as capitalization, uh, and of course, all this, as everybody has said, is personal choice. But uh, especially in crochet, you have two symbol, uh, two letter symbols like SC for single crochet, DC for double crochet, and so forth, SK for skip. Um, I We uh, hardly ever capitalize those things. You'd have all those dot six dot six SC dot six dot six DC. That's a real hassle and waste a lot of space. So very seldom have I seen that. Uh, sometimes in print, yes, they will capitalize those things. Um, the only other caution about that, and I see no problem using contractions myself, but unless, of course, you're, again, doing the pattern for someone that's not very familiar with them. Um, if you're in a knitting situation, you often use this K so many or P so many, right? So you probably would be advised, although again, if, you, if you're not comfortable with that or it's too cumbersome, but technically there should be a grade one sign, you know, a dot five, six in front of your K or your P. Uh, so, you know, so it's clear that it's not knowledge and people, you mean knit and pearl. <laughs> but uh, other than that, you know, let the artist be the, you know, be the uh, architect. Okay, Over. thank you. Yeah, we have reached the end of the hour. Thank you, Rick. And I think Jill had a question, but Jill left. So we'll take her question next month. Uh, I would like to thank you all, the entire ACB team, Diane, uh, Nifty, and uh, Irby. And of course, I would like to thank everybody who participated, everybody who joined. We are so happy that we are getting more international. Now we have reached Finland from Macedonia. And <laughs> of course, our uh, friends from India and uh, uh, South Africa are always there. So thank you once again, everybody. And thank hope you. To see you next Thursday. Our time, 9 a.m. In your time, maybe whatever, 8 p.m., 7 p.m., 12 p.m., I'll see you all. Thank you for joining. Thanks. Have a good Thank weekend. You, Thank Take you. Take care. Bye-bye.